Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I want to invite you to stay updated with me on social media and see what we are doing in the ministry. You can follow me on Facebook at John Wallace. You can follow me on Instagram at Jonathan R. Wallace. And you can follow our YouTube page at New Beginnings Huntington. I pray this message builds your faith and gives you revelation. Let's get ready for the Word of God. We're going to talk about the prophetic for a while, the next several weeks. We're going to talk about words that are being released. I'm going to actually do something a little different this morning that I don't normally do. If you were here Thursday night, you saw this prophetic word. I'm going to share with you a word given by a pastor uh, in Tennessee. And so I love this time of year because the Lord is giving us instructions for 2021. Amen. He's giving us things that we need to do, specific things we need to shift. Uh, You know, it's always amazing. God always gives you instructions in the light. Amen. And then I'm going to tell you this as well. Just because God releases a word, that doesn't mean that that word will go uncontested. Right? The Lord gave us words back in 2019. Uh, specific instructions of things that we were to do, number one, as a global body of Christ, but even locally here. And then look what happened in 2020, COVID, all these crazy things happened. But I can tell you this, never doubt in the dark what God told you in the light. Always obey what God told you in the light. Don't begin to compromise when you start experiencing that pressure. When you're like, I know the Lord told me this, but oh my gosh, how come it seems like the exact opposite is true? The devil's testing the word that the Lord released to you. He did the same thing to Jesus. The Bible says when Jesus was baptized, the heavens opened up and it said, uh, this is my son whom I am well pleased. The Lord identified Jesus as his son. What was the first challenge that Satan brought to Jesus? If you are the son of God immediately came to test the word that the Father had spoken over Jesus. I'm telling you that, guys. I'm telling you, the Lord gives us instructions now that we are to stand firm on, that we are to hold to, no matter what issues come against us. Amen. I know back in 2019, as a church, the Lord gave me specific things. If you've been here this year, you've seen that we've had revival meetings like every few months. We're having an evangelist come in, a minister come in, and we're holding these meetings. That's something the Lord told us to do back in 2019. He gave us a year, a, a word that this would be a year of harvest. Amen. That, that send workers into the field. So we brought in the evangelist because that's what an evangelist is. The Lord's given the evangelist to the body of Christ for the harvest of souls to bring the lost in. Well, what happened in 2020? COVID happened. Everybody started shutting down. But look, the Lord gave us a word in the light, and you don't doubt what God told you in the light when you're standing in the dark. Amen. We had this temptation to, should we just do what everybody else is doing and compromise? Because that's what the government and the governor and all these people are telling us to do. Well, Lord, that can't, that can't be because, number one, it's a violation of your word, according to Hebrews 10, 25. And number two, you already gave us specific instructions for this year. That means I don't care, you know, what's coming against us. We know what we are to do this year. The prophetic will help you. Uh, 2 Chronicles 20, 20, it says this. 
Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. I want you to highlight this portion. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be able to stand firm. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established, another translation says. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. Guys, that's 2 Chronicles 2020. That is a word for the church in the year 2020. You can flip on the news and hear every different broadcasting station say something completely different. It's so easy to be confused. It's so easy to feel like I don't know which way we're supposed to go. You have some pastors saying mask up, some pastors saying mask down, some pastors saying open up, some leaders saying that you need to obey the government, you need to shut down. I don't know what to do. The Lord says, believe in the Lord your God and you will stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. The word of the Lord for the church in the year 2020, don't believe the report of the world. Number one, believe the report of the word of God and believe the report of his prophets. Can you say amen? Believe the report of the word of God. Christians running around acting like if somebody gets elected, it's just our doom, it's our gloom, it's our destruction. That's number one, that's not the report of the word of God or of the prophets. But number one, the Bible says in Psalms 1, I'm a believer. That means I will be like a tree planted by the riverbank who bears fruit in each, can you say each, season whose leaves never wither and who prospers in all that they do. So any doorknob that gets up and starts saying that Christians better get ready, embrace yourself because this is going to be a time of destruction for you. This is going to be a horrible time for you, a hard time. You say, that's not the report of the Lord. And I don't care what the world looks like and what the report is coming from the media and from all these other people. Believe the Lord your God and you will be established. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above, I'm not below. I am seated in Christ far above every spiritual ruler, principality, authority on the earth and in the unseen realm. Greater is the spirit that is inside of me than the spirit that is in this world. Believe the report of the Lord. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Believe the report. Second, I just can't get over that. That's 2020. Second Chronicles 2020. That is a word for us this season. Believe the word of God. Believe the word of God. I don't care what they're telling you. I don't care who they say the president is. Believe the word of God. I don't care what they say the death rate is. The Bible says, though a thousand fall at my side and ten thousand die around me, these evils will not touch me. No plague will come near your home. What report are you going to believe? The Lord gave us this scripture, and it prophetically this year, to give us confidence. Amen. You're not like the rest of the world. I wish that Christians would get this down deep in their spirit where they believe. I Look, okay, you can come to me and give me all these statistics of all this junk that's happening to everybody else. I'm not like everybody else. I am separated. 
What did the Lord say to his people? You will be a people separated, claimed by the Lord. All the nations will stand in all of you and see that you're a people claimed by the Lord. You're not like everybody else. What did God say in Exodus 15 to his children Israel? I won't let the diseases that came upon the Egyptians come upon you, for I am Jehovah Rapha. what, What does Egypt even represent in the scripture? Egypt is a type of the world. Israel is a type of the church. Let's put that in our context. God says, the things that's plaguing the rest of the world, I will not let these things come upon you. I will not allow you to be stricken by them. Now, what does the devil want to do? People will say, well, then why do Christians get sick? Well, Hebrews 11 tells us every single thing that you receive, you have to receive it by faith. Just because God said it doesn't mean anything until you grab a hold of it. And you receive it by faith. So there's so many Christians. They'll say, I believe. They'll say one thing, but the second they're tested, what is their faith? What does the test show? A test shows what you truly believe. It's easy to say we believe God when the economy is rocking and rolling and where the stock market's as high as it's ever been. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's happy. That doesn't ma- it doesn't matter necessarily what you say then. It matters what you say when you're being tested. It matters what you do. The fire reveals the purity of the gold that it's testing, the silver that it's testing. Amen. So believe the Lord, and it says you'll stand firm. Believe his prophets, and you will succeed. Can I tell you guys this? There's still prophets on the earth. I'm sorry if somebody told you that that's done away with and that's gone and that's dead. I'm telling you guys, these are the ones that are probably shutting their churches as well. They don't believe in the prophetic and they don't believe in men and women that are still hold the office of a prophet. There are still prophets on the earth. Do you know what a prophet is? The word prophet literally means one who speaks for God. One who speaks for God. God has given the church this amazing gift. Guys, can I tell you, especially this younger generation, one of the questions that kids ask the most is, what am I supposed to do with my life? Well, I just feel like I don't know. Like It's just a mystery. I'm not sure. Life doesn't have to be a mystery. God has actually given the church a gift, a person that when the Holy Spirit moves through them, they speak on behalf of God. Let me show you this scripture, Amos 3.7. It says, indeed, the sovereign Lord never does anything until he reveals his plans to his servants, the prophets. God never does anything until he's first revealed it to his servants, the prophets. Then why are Christians so confused? Why are Christians so running around so scattered? Because they don't place themselves under authority. They're so disconnected. If You know, you go up to the average Christian and say, hey, could you name one prophet that, you know, literally is a person that has a proven ministry, that is a prophet of the Lord right now. A lot of people couldn't. You know, we need to connect ourselves with these people that God has placed in these positions and and as a place of authority in the body of Christ. Amen. 
Because God will speak to these people and give us instructions. This is what the Church of America should be doing right now. This is what the Church of Angelina County should be doing right now. This is what the church is to be doing. This is what God is saying in this specific hour. And it will help you clear and and see the path that you are to walk on in life. So many people are confused because they've neglected, you know, they've isolated themselves from this ministry gift that's operating in the body of Christ. We don't prophesy, that's weird, that's crazy, you start prophesying, you know, you better, you better get out of the church, we don't do that around here. That's demonic, it's from the Spirit of God. God doesn't do anything, can you say anything, without revealing his plans to his servants, the prophets. Man, that's amazing that I can go into every single year already knowing what God is saying and what God wants to do. 2021 doesn't have to be a mystery. 2020 didn't have to be a mystery. Do you know that there were several people that spoke about this before COVID ever even came onto the scene? There was prophets that gave words about this years ago that told us what was going to happen. And now all these things start happening, and you see about 90% of people that claim Christianity, like, their eyes wide open, like, we just can't believe what's going on. The Lord spoke it to his servants, the prophets. We just didn't listen. Are y'all still with me this morning? So, 2 Chronicles 20.20, believe the Lord your God, you'll be able to stand firm, believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. So what the Lord is saying to us, if you'll believe my word, and you'll believe my prophets, despite what the report is that's coming against you, you will stand firm, and you will succeed. Hallelujah. Can I challenge you going into 2021? Believe the word of the Lord and believe his prophets, and we shall stand firm and succeed in Jesus' name. I want to play a video for you. Go ahead and and cue that video. Turn the lights down for me. Christmas time, but yesterday morning, God began to speak to me prophetically, and uh, I feel compelled to release this word today. I think it will be an encouragement to you. Uh, For some reason, God waits to the end of the year generally to begin to speak to me the word of the Lord. And I know that a lot of us are wondering what God's going to do in our nation. And so I think today God will give you some answers as I release what the Lord has to say. Let's bow our heads, Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful, Lord, for who you are. And now, Holy Ghost, I stand as the servant of the Lord today. May you speak, God, to the nations, to the church today, what you want to convey into their spirits. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of prophecy. We thank you, God, that you have not forgotten us today. But, God, this is a season that we are truly going to celebrate. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. The Lord says, what I am doing now, what you're seeing is not resurrection of something old. But God said, I am birthing something new in the earth that you have not seen. In my mercy, God says, I have been silent because I have been giving evil men time to repent. 
But just now as evil has declared war on me and on the church, so do I declare war on you, says the Lord. I am sending my word forth into the earth, and it will not return unto me unfulfilled. But all that I have declared over the decades, saith the Lord, is going to come to pass in this hour, and it will come quickly. For you are in the third day, says God, and in this day is a day of resurrection of the glory and of the power of the Holy Ghost. My servants, who are my prophets that have spoken my word to the nations, have not prophesied in their own name. They have not spoken fables, but they have declared what thus saith the Lord in my name. Know this, says the Lord of hosts, I will not, I will not, says God, let evil men and so-called believers who are full of unbelief make me a liar, for I am not a man that I should repent, saith God. For I am still God, and when my send forth my word, it goes forth as a sword, saith the Lord, and it is going to pierce the very strongholds of the power of darkness. Just as I came to the earth the first time as God in flesh, so am I now coming to you and to this nation and across the earth in this Christmas season to give you a gift, says the Lord, that you will never forget. What you have been watching in the media is the spirit of that woman Jezebel trying to replace the woman called the church in the earth. But the voice of the church in this hour are my prophets, saith God, and they will not be silenced. And the word of the Lord that I have released in this hour, though it looks impossible, says God, it will come to pass. For all that I've declared to you, says the Lord, will not come by the power of men. It will not come through politics or law or even the Supreme Court, says the Lord. But it will come forth by the power of the Holy Ghost in this sour. Just as Jezebel in the days of Elijah drove the prophets into caves, so she in 2020 drove my church into hiding. But just as I was only in the cave for three days, says the Lord, so is my church coming out of the cave and coming out of hiding. For the voice of righteousness will not be silenced, says the Lord. And you will not muzzle me, saith God. I will not sit down as a small child in a corner, says the Lord, and yield to a power that is not as great as I. For I am still God, saith the Lord. In the year 2021 of January, the angel Michael is sounding the ram's horn as a call to war against false religion and counterfeit churches in the earth. Every pastor in church that has crawled into bed with this spirit saith God I am now going to uncover and I'm going to judge says the Lord for there are many buildings that are built that have the word church on them and a cross says God but they do not honor my name they are not about my presence and they do not care for the poor and the, those who have been laden with sin but in this day saith God I am raising up a church that is glorious without spot wrinkle or blemish just as the devil has tried to put despair and intimidation on my people I now 
are released from my throne room, saith God, a holy garment of boldness on them, says the Lord. For there is a spirit of power and authority that is going to arise on you. And I put the spirit of fear and intimidation on those that have tried to shut up the house of the Lord. And as I have watched, hallelujah, saith God, the houses of the enemy become silent. There is now a sound of the line of Judah that's getting ready to come up out of the house of the Lord. You will no longer be known as a house that is heavy and in despair. But there is joy, saith God. For even as I came to the earth the first time and the angels shouted, there is joy in the earth. So am I coming to you in this Christmas season, saith the Lord. I have not forgotten what I have promised you. And though it looks impossible and though the media says it will not happen and though they've already crowned one man a king I say to you he is a false king for the king of kings and the lord of lords is yet to be raised up for the throne room of the lord will not be occupied by an imposter says God but it will be set upon by the glorious God of all eternity know this saith God have I not always told you that though I tarry long when you pray that when I do come I will show up quickly what I'm getting ready to do in the next few weeks saith God will be a quick work it will not be done in part it will not leave a back door for an enemy to come through but this time saith God I am going to finish what I started and for four years the glory of the Lord shall descend upon the earth in a way that you have never seen it saith the Lord for I have waited to show myself in this time of destiny because I wanted the enemy to show himself first now that he is uncovered you're going to see the anointing of Elijah being released in the earth says the Lord and harvest will begin just as I had to wait until Goliath's sword could be put in the hand of David before the enemy was destroyed just as I waited for Jordan to flood before Israel could cross over just as I waited for Mordecai to be promoted until Haman's gallows were built know this the enemy has built a gallows to, to hang the church but I'm getting ready to reverse saith God what has been declared in this nation and I'm going to take the weapon that the enemy formed against the house of the Lord and I'm going to call the enemy to be destroyed by the very weapon that he forged in the fires of hell to destroy the people of God in the next four years I'm giving the nations to the church as their inheritance not just a few not just a bit not just those that are not under the iron curtain I'm invading the Muslim nations I'm invading the communist nations I'm tearing down the iron curtain says the Lord I am also taking the wealth of the wicked and I am transferring it to the saints of the most high I did not cause you to be poor I take pleasure in the prosperity of my servant land titles deeds money businesses wealth and inventions are now being released out of the heavens unto the saints of the most high for what I'm going to do will not be a cheap move but it will be the riches of glory being displayed in the earth for what I am going to accomplish says God 
what I am now going to do will be like an explosion of my power and my glory in the earth. I am going to cripple China for what they have done to the nations. Because they have tried to remove me from the earth, I am also going to deal with their leaders and there's going to be a release of the presence of God and revival in the nation of China. Just as hell released a global epidemic in the earth to advance the purpose of Satan. I am now releasing in every nation my presence and my glory to bring forth the kingdom of Jesus Christ. As you have seen a wave of death in the earth, now shall you see life and divine healing released in the earth. And the shout that's coming out of the people of God is going to tear down the ancient and strongholds uh, that have ruled the nations. Uh, so get ready, says God, uh, not months from now, uh, but you're on the preface, says the Lord, uh, of the greatest outpouring uh, of the glory of God. Uh, and today uh, I lift off of you, saith the Lord, uh, the spirit of heaviness, uh, and I release upon you uh, the garment of praise. Uh, shout uh, unto the Lord, saith God, uh, for this is the hour in which my mercy is being released upon my people saith God hallelujah 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 just lift your hands and agree with me father we agree we agree right now in Jesus name let it be done in Jesus name Hallelujah. Give the Lord one more shout of praise. I want to get into for a few minutes here what the Lord has given me. So I, I wanted to share with you a prophetic word. And I'm telling you, if you'll hook your life in with ministries like this and see who the Lord has appointed, it'll help you so much. It'll help you not be discouraged, it'll help you not run around in fear, and it'll help you not make the wrong decisions, but be on the right side, the winning side of things. Amen. And so, this is a word that's been being spoken for months and months, and I'm sure everybody could look around at our country right now and ask the question, well then, what is going on? I want to share with you some direction the Lord's given me for 2021, and I want us to receive this as a church. I'm not claiming to be a prophet, but the Lord spoke some specific things to me, and I want to show you this. Matthew 7, 24 through 27, Jesus said, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is like a wise person who builds a house on the rock. It says, though the rain, can you say the rain? comes in torrents and the flood waters rise in the wind can you say the wind beats against that house it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds his house on the sand when the rain and the floods come and the wind beats against the house it will collapse with a mighty crash 2020 has been a year, Rodney Howard Brown released a word, where the wheat is being separated from the chaff. The wind is blowing, the storm has risen its head, 
the rain's, blo- the, the rain's coming down, the wind's blowing, the floodwaters are rising. And what the Lord said is, I didn't bring this judgment. The devil brought this destruction on the earth. But what it's doing is it's refining the body of Christ. I want you to receive this word. In prayer, the Lord told me, there is a refining that is happening, and out of the ashes will arise a church that is uncompromised, tried by fire, full of faith, full of power, and full of the Holy Ghost. And the greatest era the world has ever known will begin. Hallelujah. Out of the fire of this tribulation that we've been through this year as a church, you're going to see a church arise. Because I'm telling you, you know, it's easy to believe something, as I said before, when nothing's going on. But whenever you're tested, you're going to start seeing who really believes, who really has faith, who has really given themselves to Jesus, you know, and who's saying, you know what, I don't know, that's just not for me. I'm not about going that far with thanks. You are going to see a church that is uncompromised come out of the year 2020. And I heard this specific phrase, and this will lead into what we're going to teach about for the next several weeks. The Lord spoke to me and said, when this refining takes place and the separation takes place, and now my church has been purified and tried and it stood, the, uh, it fought the fight, has stood in faith. Now, when my spirit is poured out, you are going to enter into the, the greatest era the world has ever known. And I heard this, the era of the kingdom. The era of the kingdom. This is a very interesting phrase. The era of the kingdom. This is what we're entering into. I want to kind of explain this and why the Lord spoke this to me specifically. What an era is, if you look at the definition of an era, it says it's a long and distinct period of history with a particular feature or characteristic. So basically when we look back in time, we can put uh, history into categories by specific things that happened during that time that that kind of stick out, and we identify that period of time with those characteristics, like, you know, the Stone Age, the Bronze Age. You, you look at the 20s. There's certain things in pop culture that stick out in your mind when you think of the 20s, the 40s. So that's what an era is. And the Lord is saying, if Jesus tarries and, and they look back in the future at this season that we're entering into, this season will be able to be identified by the characteristics of the kingdom on the earth. Amen. I want you to understand this. A lot of people, you've maybe never even heard that. The characteristics of the kingdom. Jesus taught a lot about the kingdom of heaven. I want you to understand. The kingdom is not something that you're going to enter into one day when you die and you go to heaven. The kingdom of of heaven is here on the earth now. Jesus didn't pray one day when we go to heaven. He said, Lord, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. The Bible actually says that the kingdom is not, uh, it's not flesh and blood, but it's righteousness. It's not meat or drink. It's righteousness, peace. It's joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come and established the kingdom of heaven on the earth. I want you guys to get this in your spirit. You need to understand what the kingdom is and the laws that govern the kingdom. Write this down this morning. Number one, you are a citizen of the kingdom 
Now, can you say now? You are a citizen of the kingdom now. This will come to a point that is so important for you to understand. This is what Colossians 1, 12 through 13 says. It says, always thanking the Father, he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has, can you say has? Is has past tense or future tense? Has is past tense. He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom. Can you say the kingdom of his dear son? When Jesus Christ paid the price and he went to the cross and he rose again and he ascended into heaven, God established the kingdom on the earth. And when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, it says now you have been brought into this kingdom. Now. Amen. Philippians 3.20. It says this. We are citizens. Can you say citizens? Of heaven. Where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we eagerly are waiting for him to return as our Savior. Ephesians 2.19. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are citizens of the kingdom. When you're born again, you become a citizen of the kingdom. Why is that important? Because your life is not governed by the laws of this earth. Your life is actually governed by the laws of the kingdom. You may live on this earth, but your life isn't governed by the laws of the earth. Your, your life is governed by the laws of the kingdom. Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus Christ literally portrayed that perfectly for us. He lived on this earth as a human being. But was his life bound to the laws of this earth? He multiplied bread and fish and fed thousands of people. He walked on water. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. He healed cripples. He did impossible, unexplainable things because he was a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And he said the kingdom is here. The kingdom is here. The message that he actually preached and John the Baptist preached was repent for the kingdom is at hand. That message wasn't, hey, get ready, you're going to go to heaven one day. Jesus Christ is coming to establish the kingdom on the earth. So this is why it's important. The kingdom operates by specific laws. There's laws that govern the kingdom. Can I tell you, the world is not like the kingdom. How we grow up, the way that we think, it's very different than what Jesus taught about the kingdom and how the kingdom works. The kingdom has its own laws. It's completely different. And if you want to learn how to succeed in life as a Christian, you have to learn how the law, you have to learn the laws of the kingdom and how the kingdom works. Amen. Hallelujah. So the Lord said, we're going to look at several things Jesus taught. He taught parables. He used illustrations and said the kingdom of heaven is like this. And inside those illustrations and parables, there's all of these facts. There's all of these truths. There's all of these laws and how the kingdom of heaven, which is on the earth right now, which you are a citizen of, is governed and how it operates and how it works. And the Lord spoke to me and said, going into 2021, I need my people to know how the kingdom works. And I need to get them to get these truths inside their heart and begin to use them and live by them and, and use them as tools. Are you all still with me? Learning how the kingdom works is the key to life. Hallelujah. If you can learn 
If you can learn to live by the kingdom, you can live above the system of this world. I mean, it's just so crazy to me that when Jesus had a need, did he cry about it? You know, did he pound his fist against the wall? Did he just speak a word and say, hey, go catch a fish, and in that fish's mouth, you're going to find a coin, and you can pay my tax and your tax. That's how the kingdom works. It's different than how we think. Amen. If we can learn these laws, what does it mean for us? We can tie our lives into the kingdom and live above the system of this world. My wealth is tied to the kingdom. Amen. That means it doesn't matter what the economy is doing. It doesn't matter what the stock market's doing. My wealth is tied to a kingdom that's not even of this earth. My resource is, comes from a place that's not even of this earth. If we can tie our health to the kingdom, hallelujah. Psalms 91, I read it earlier. Though a thousand fall at my side and ten thousand are dying around me, these things won't touch me because even though I live in this earth, I'm a citizen of the kingdom. And the kingdom has laws. Hallelujah. You can't enforce the law if you don't know the law. Think about being a citizen of the United States. Man, look at right now, people just forfeited their rights. Because they don't know their rights. Because they slept through history class, I guess. And they didn't read their First Amendment rights. So they forfeited their right. There are people with devil spirits. And there's a devil that will do everything that he can. He doesn't obey the law. He's a lawbreaker. The Bible calls him the man of lawlessness. He's a lawbreaker. That means he's going to try to put things on you and on your life and on your family that are illegal. But that's why you have to know the laws of the kingdom because you have the authority and you can actually enforce the law of the kingdom in your life. God needs the church to understand that you're entering into this era of the kingdom. You need to learn as a Christian how to live in the kingdom. So let's go ahead and get into a couple of points here. These are going to go by quickly, but I want to show you. Look at Matthew 13, 44. Matthew 13, 44. Let's start there. The kingdom of heaven is like, Jesus starts this out. The kingdom of heaven is like, he's teaching us this, an illustration. And in these illustrations, there's these truths, there's these laws that he's trying to show us how the kingdom works. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he did, uh, he hid it again and he sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. I want you to read down to the next parable because it ties together the next illustration. Again, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and he bought it. There's so many truths in this that show us how the kingdom operates. This is awesome. I want you to write this down, number one. You have to get hungry before you can enter into the kingdom. We can pull this from these two illustrations. You have to get hungry before you enter into the kingdom. Why is that important? These laws won't just work for you by coincidence. Nobody just stumbles into the kingdom of heaven. 
Nobody just stumbles into the blessing of the Lord. Nobody just stumbles into a place of promotion of the Lord. You, this is the number one rule that Jesus is illustrating to us and how the kingdom operates. In order for the kingdom to operate in your life, you must first get hungry to even enter into the kingdom. It doesn't work by accident. Amen. It's not coincidence. I want to show you this. Look at Matthew 7, 7. Matthew 7, 7. Before I get to that, the reason that I say that, that you have to hunger before you can enter into the, the kingdom, he said the treasure is like, the kingdom is like this treasure that's hidden in a field. I know your first response is like some dude's just walking through a field and he kicks a rock and he you know, breaks his toe and he looks down and he sees this treasure. That's not what it's talking about because the parable that he tied together with this was the kingdom of heaven's like a merchant on the lookout. Can you say on the lookout for choice pearls? This isn't a person that just stumbled into it by chance. This is a person that's out in the field, flipping over every stone with a metal detector. That's like a person that's on the lookout for choice pearls. You have to get hungry. You have to be intentional. It's not just going to happen for you by chance. It has to be intentional in your life. Amen. you got to get hungry for it. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Can you say, you will find? Knock, and it will be open to you. This is a law of the kingdom. That's, that's a wonderful promise, guys, but here's the thing. You can't find until you first seek. There's a lot of people that aren't finding anything. There's a lot of people that aren't getting anything. There's a lot of people that are living in a life of constant destruction, and they're asking, how come I'm not finding in my life? And Jesus said, because you're not even seeking. You have to seek like the man that's in the field looking for this treasure that's so valuable. You have to seek after the kingdom in that way. Guys, if you understand how the kingdom works, it destroys complacent Christianity. It destroys fence-riding Christianity. And that's the reality of the scripture Jesus said. I wish that you would rather be hot or cold because if you're lukewarm, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. There's no such thing as fence-riding Christianity. No such thing. It's a lie of the devil. You've got to get hungry before you can enter into the kingdom. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger. Can you say hunger? And thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Hunger and thirst. Hunger and thirst. This is the key to how the kingdom works. Nothing will begin to flow in your life until you get hungry. Until you get thirsty. Until you get desperate. You know why it takes... And it doesn't have to, but you know why it takes so many people's lives completely falling apart before they repent and get right with the Lord? Because that's what it took for them to get desperate. It's not because that's the rule of thumb, like, well, i got to destroy. People will say that. God's got to destroy you first before he can build you back up. No. God doesn't teach with destruction. That's the devil. God teaches with instruction, with his word. 
God doesn't kill somebody's three-year-old daughter to teach him a lesson on how to trust him more. That's the devil. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil's the author of cancer. The devil's the author, uh, author of death and destruction. God never even created man to die. He created Adam and Eve to live with him in fellowship forever. Sin, death, and destruction was a product of sin after man handed the reins over to Satan. God teaches, teaches us through instruction. I need you to see this. But it sometimes takes somebody being destroyed until they finally repent because they come to the point of desperation. Guys, can I tell you, get hungry. Don't wait till things fall apart in your life. Get hungry now. There's actually things you can do in your life every day to make sure that you tend the flame, that you fan the flame, that you tend the fire that God's placed on the inside of you, as Paul told Timothy to do. Paul actually told the Israelites, when you get into the place of blessing and you've built fine homes and your barns are overflowing and you got uh, thousands of herds and flocks and animals, he said, that is the time to be careful. Make sure that in your plenty, you do not forget the Lord your God. That means that I'm not just going to live a, a life of mountain high and then I got to go to the valley and everything fall apart and then get desperate and then finally get serious and start getting back to church and getting hungry and getting thirsty and starting to pray again. No, Lord, I'm going to live a life of hunger. You know, one of the most benefits of best benefits you can get of fasting, which fasting is something we talk about at this church, and we're going to talk about it going into the new year. A lot of Christians don't even know anything about fasting, but you know one of the most amazing benefits of fasting? You train yourself to be hungry. God doesn't work unless you're hungry. This is a law of the kingdom. Seek, you'll find. Hunger and thirst. Look what, look what the word of God says in Proverbs 2, 4 through 5. Jesus was talking about wisdom, was talking about knowledge, understanding from the Lord. The Bible says, search for them as you would silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Search for them like silver. What if you got so hungry for God? I just want Jesus. I just want the anointing of the Holy Ghost in my life. I want God's power. I got, want God's presence. I want God's anointing more than I want anything. I'm going to seek and pursue after it like I would silver and gold and treasure. The Bible said, seek for them like you would treasure. This is how you have to enter into the kingdom. You know, think about it. What if somebody came to you and told you? There, there hundreds of years ago, there was a person that was on your property and they, they buried $80 million worth of money. All you have to do is find it and you can have it. And they gave you a little map. I'm telling you guys, people would be out there flipping over stones, out there with a backhoe, out there with a metal detector. They're like, hey, if I got to rip out some walls, that's fine. That's great. No problem. The Bible says that is the passion and the intensity that you must pursue after the kingdom. Search for it. Seek for it. Seek after it as you would silver. Seek it like it's hidden treasure. Everything, Lord, everything. I want your anointing more than I want anything, Lord. I want the captives to be set free. Lord, there's people on this earth that need to be saved. There's people on this earth that are bound. Guys, it should grieve us as Christians when we see little children in Walmart bound in wheelchairs. 
There should be something on the inside of you that's so hungry, like, Lord, I want that anointing power to set the captive free and bring recovery of the sight to the blind. I want it more than anything. There may be people in this room right now that think that this is just a joke. I'm telling you, you can't even begin to enter into the kingdom until you get hungry. I want it more than anything. People that get the same fight and fire like Jacob had that was wrestling God and said, I will not let go until I get it. He told the angel of the Lord, I will not let you go. If I have to stand here for three days and hold on to you, I'm not going to let you go until I get your blessing. David said in Psalms 42, verse 1, as a deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you. Y'all, this was written in the Middle East. This wasn't East Texas where the deer had ponds, everybody's backyard to drink from. It's talking about a deer in the desert. It's, It's so thirsty, dehydrated. It's tongue hanging out of its mouth. I just want water. David said, this is the intensity that I seek the Lord in the kingdom. As a deer pants for water, so I thirst after you, Lord. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. The Bible says, do not love this world nor the things it offers you. When you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasures, a craving for everything we see, and a pride in our achievements and possessions. These don't come from the Father but are from this world. This world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what, God, what pleases God will live forever. I mean, guys, let me simplify this. It's coming to the genuine place. I want Jesus more than I want anything. Lord, I want you more than I want anything. I want to be close to you more than I want anything. I want to be under your wings. I want to be in your house more than I want anything. The church has got to get this revelation that this is how the kingdom works so we don't have to keep begging people to come to prayer meetings and small group meetings and things like this. You've got to get hungry to even enter into the kingdom. The kingdom doesn't work if you're not hungry and thirsty. There's so many things we tie our lives to. They're fading away. They're fading away. They're not going to matter. Can I tell you, you can't take a single car with you to heaven. You could make $100 million. And you know what? You sit on it and you die having $100 million. And now what? What's the Bible say? Now somebody else is going to figure out how to spend the money that you spent your whole life slaving over. Is, is it wrong to have money? Absolutely not. It's a tool. The only thing, though, that you can take is souls, is your family, making sure your children are saved, making sure your husband and your wife is saved, making sure your mother, your brother, your cousins are saved, your neighbors are saved, your community is saved. This is the only thing that you can take to heaven and the only thing that's going to count when we stand before Jesus Christ. Now, resources are great only when they're given and submitted to that sole purpose, to advance the kingdom of heaven. You think God's really concerned with the car that you drive? Yeah, he wants you to have a nice car, but people, I'm telling you, people attach themselves to stupid and small visions like that, like a house, like a car. And the Lord says, I have no problem. Actually, it gives me great joy to bless my children 
But if you'll seek first the kingdom of heaven and live righteously, all these other things that the world slaves after, I can just give to you because they're not your God and you're not ruled by them and you're not attached to them. You know, some of the most amazing men of God in history, you read about their lives, Lester Summerall, he was given like a brand new Cadillac and in two days he turned around and gave it to some other pastor, you know, just literally gave it to him, brand new Cadillac, his wife loved it and the Lord told him, hey, just sew it, just give it. He turned around and handed the keys to a, you know, $30,000 car, this was back in like the 50s when that was a, you know, that's unheard of, that's crazy, like a Rolls Royce. Why? He's not attached. You're not attached to the things of this world. They're fading away. They're just props. What matters? What matter? This is how the kingdom operates. You've got to get hungry. You've got to get hungry. Like, the, the, like a man that's searching for this treasure that's in a field type of hungry. Looking for choice pearls type of hungry. Casual Christianity doesn't work. I want you guys to see this. This is the law of the kingdom. In order to receive, you have to get hungrier than you've ever been. So many people are casual when it comes to the things of the kingdom, and then they wonder why they never possess it. Casually come to church. Casually give their lives to the Lord. You know, casually, I'll give the Lord, I guess, a couple hours of my week. Guys, it's not about some religious system. It's not about some tally system. You've got to give the Lord your entire heart. He's got my heart. He's got my everything. Like, get to the point where the Lord could not, there's not one thing in your life that if God put his hand on, you wouldn't just give freely because you're so invested and sown and, uh, and, and, and interwoven into the kingdom. Amen. People don't understand. This is a law of the kingdom. You cannot. Can you say cannot? There's no way around this. Don't sit in a chair for the next 30 years being complacent and then wonder why things don't happen. There's no way around this. This is like the same way that gravity works for us. You, what goes up must come down. I throw this up. It drops back onto the table. This is a law that governs the spiritual kingdom of heaven that's on the earth. You can't get around it, and you can't move forward until you get hungry for the Lord. Are you all still with me? There's two more quick points I want to give you. Number two, there is a price that you pay for possessing the kingdom. There's a price. In both of these illustrations, what is the same thing that you see? This phrase, he sold everything that he owned. It says, the kingdom is like a treasure that a man found hidden, discovered in a field. In excitement, he hid it again, and he sold everything. Can you say everything? He owned to get enough money to buy it. Again, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered the pearls of great value, he sold everything he owned, and he bought it. There is a price to pay for possessing the kingdom. He sold everything. You can't even begin to operate into the kingdom until you come to the point of complete surrender to the Lord. Guys, where we get on our knees and we genuine, not just repeating words from some pastor or some evangelist, from our hearts say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done on earth. Lord, I'm giving you my hopes. 
I'm giving you my dreams. I'm giving you my plans. Lord, I'm giving you my heart. I'm giving you my possessions. Lord, I'm giving you my wealth. I'm, there's not going to be one part of my life that is reserved. That I'll give the Lord these things, but these things over here, I'm not sure about that. Everything. Can you say everything? You have to give everything. There's so many examples of this in the scriptures. Think when Jesus called Peter. Peter, James, and John, when Jesus called them, what did he tell them? He said, leave your nets and come and follow me. This is just step one. Leave your nets. And that, it wasn't just nets. It wasn't like, hey, come follow me for a few hours. Come to this little service that I'm hosting. He left his family. He left his job. He left his livelihood. He left a legacy that had been probably passed down from his grandfather to his father for generations. They were fishermen. He left everything to follow Jesus. You know that God's not looking for people that are perfect? Can I tell you that? This isn't an excuse for us as Christians to live in sin. God's not looking, though, for people that are perfect. God is just simply looking for people that will enter into his kingdom and say, Lord, here I am, all that I am. I may not know the most. I may not have this all figured out, but I give my life to you, and I'll leave everything. God will take anybody. I want you guys to hear this. God will take Anybody, doesn't matter what your past is, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter how messed up you've been in the past. He'll take anybody, but the only requirement is you have to be willing to leave your life as you know it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to completely abandon that old person that used to exist and become a new person in Christ. This is how you enter into the kingdom. He sold everything. Look at what Jesus told the rich young ruler. You guys remember that story in Mark chapter 10. What must I do to inherit salvation? Jesus said, obey the law. He said, okay, I've done that. Okay, Jesus saw his heart and he said, there's one more thing that you haven't done. Go and sell all your possessions, he said, and give the money to the poor, then come and follow me. And it says the man walked away and left discouraged because he was a rich man. He had many possessions and he wasn't willing to do that. This is how the kingdom operates. You have to get hungry. You have to get desperate. The price that you pay for possessing the kingdom is everything. Everything. Look at Elijah. When Elijah called Elisha, how did Elijah leave? Elijah didn't just casually like, okay, you know what? I'm going to leave my ox here. I'm going to leave my plow here, and I'm going to go try it for a little while, and we'll see if it works out. Man, in an act of faith, Elijah went and slaughtered his ox, busted up his plow, made a big old bonfire, and roasted the ox over the fire. What was he saying by faith? This has to work. This is my everything. I'm going all in. There's no way. I can't even turn back now if I wanted to because I've already shut the door where it's impossible to even open now. This is the way that you possess the, the kingdom, but yet so few Christians ever even do this. It's everything. Are y'all still with me? This is how the kingdom works. In order to possess the kingdom, you have to give him everything. And there's thousands of people who claim the name of Jesus, but never see the kingdom work in their lives. 
It's because they never even possess it. They never even enter into the kingdom. Amen. Look at number three, my last point this morning. And then I want to give you a word from the Lord. Here's another promise of blessing, but a a law of the kingdom. What you gain is more valuable than what you give. What you gain, right, we just talked about, it, it, it takes you being completely desperate, completely hungry, completely thirsty. It takes you giving every single part of who you are, your heart, your physical, your spiritual, your mental, your, your, your financial, everything to the Lord. But here's a promise of how the kingdom works. What you gain is more valuable than what you give or what you gave. Hallelujah. Let's look back at that parable that Jesus taught on. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in the field. In his excitement, can you say excitement? He hid it again and sold everything he owned so that he would get enough money to buy the field. Why was the man willing to sell everything that he owned? Guys, I'm not trying to pull out some spiritual, deep, philosophical truth here, just from a, a, a wisdom, logical standpoint. Why was the man willing to sell everything that he owned? He's walking through this field, and it's a big field, it's a commercial field, so the field's $100,000, right? He's walking through this field, and he finds this treasure, and he picks up this diamond, and he says, this diamond's worth like $10 million. Okay, I can't just take the diamond, it belongs to the field. So I know I have a house, right, and I have a car, and I have a few things, and if I put all of that together... It'll give me about $100,000, and then I can buy this field so that I can possess the treasure. That seems like an easy decision to make. Why? Because what he was gaining was worth more than what he gave to get it. He's giving $100,000 to get $10 million. What you give, what you get in return, let me read this again. What you gain is more valuable than what you give. Guys, and I'm telling you this. I'm not just talking about spiritual blessings. I'm not just talking about spiritual riches. Those things are included in this. I'm talking about physical. I'm talking about material. I'm talking about financial. This is how the kingdom works. You know, people say stuff like this. Yeah, you know, I was working a $100,000 job, and I was just really doing good in life, but then... I got saved, right? There's always a but. But then I got saved. And the Lord called me into the ministry. And it's a struggle. But amen, I know that my riches aren't here on earth. They're in heaven. I struggle every day and I really had it made. But I just gave it all up for the Lord. That person hasn't even entered into the kingdom. Because a promise and a law that governs the kingdom is what God will give you in return is greater than what you came in with. Amen. Let me show you what Jesus said in Mark 10, 28 through 30. Peter spoke up and said, we've given up everything to follow you, he said. Yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house, can you say house? Jesus is talking about spiritual houses. House, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, children, property, can you say property? Jesus was talking about physical things here. And he reiterates it. He says, for my sake and for the good news, we're received now. Can you say now? 
in return a hundred times. Can you say a hundred times? As many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property. And along with persecution. And in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. He wasn't talking about you'll inherit these things in heaven. Jesus said, what you give up for the kingdom, now you shall receive a hundred times what you gave. Amen. Is there anybody that believes that in this house this morning? This is a law of the kingdom. What you gain is far more valuable than what you gave. Jesus illustrated this by this man saying, I'm willing to sell all my possessions to possess the field because the treasure that's in the field is going to be more value to me than what I currently possess right now. Can I tell you what God wants to give you is better than anything you could ever even ask, think, or imagine. What God wants to bring in your life, he's asking you to maybe sacrifice something in your life to, to give up to follow Jesus that's holding you back. You need to understand there's a promise from the Lord. What you will gain is more valuable than what you give. I want to say this. If you've been saved for one year and your life has gone down and not up, and I'm not religious, I'm not afraid to say this, I'm sorry but you have entered into a dead religion and you have not entered into the kingdom. If you've been saved for one year and your life has gone down and not up, I'm not just talking about spiritually, I'm talking about in every single sense of the term up, you have entered into a religion and you need to learn how to enter into the kingdom. Amen. I'm going to give you this word of the Lord. I'm going to ask my worship team to come back up. This word of the Lord going into 2021, when I was in prayer, preparing for this, I want you guys to write these things down, and as the year begins, and we go through this year, you need to put this in a place that you can look back to. What God speaks to you in the light, amen, it will guide you when you're tested. Put this in a place that you can look back to, that you can refer back to. Write this down. And this will be on, on our Facebook and YouTube and all of those platforms if you want to listen to this back. But the Lord says, seek me. Get hungry. Give me everything. Give me your possessions. Give me your time. Give me your plans. Give me your heart. Place them on the altar, and I will in return give you my fire, and you will live in my kingdom. Give me everything, and seek first the kingdom, and in return I will give you everything that you need, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, overflowing, it will be poured into your lap, greater than what you can ask, think, or imagine. In this season, you will see a separation from the lukewarm, from the red hot, the casual, casual Christian from those that have laid their lives down on the altar. There will be a clear distinction between those who claim the religion of Christianity and those who have searched and sold everything they possess for the treasure. Those who gave everything will inherit the earth and see the kingdom. Hallelujah, Lord. Let it come to pass this year in Jesus' name. Let it come to pass this year in the name of Jesus. As we enter into 2021, 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I want you guys to understand this. No prophecy just comes to pass in and of itself. It must be acted on. It must be acted on. When God moves through the earth, he uses men and women to move. He uses men and women to work, to do his work on the earth. Now, God's not a demon. He doesn't possess people. We have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. What am I trying to say? When you receive words from the Lord, just like we as a church did in 2019 into 2020, you don't just sit back and say, okay, Lord, you know, you said that you would have evangelists come in, so I guess I'm just going to wait until there's a knock on the door. No, you pursue after that word. You take steps of faith. You work towards that. You put your hand to the plow now that you've got the, the direction that you're to go in, and you work, amen, to see it come to pass. And you pray like Jesus prayed, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Put it in a place where you can look at and say, Lord, this is what I'm going to pursue after. This is what I'm going to see take place. The Lord will start giving you insight and strategies in your life, things that you need to do, moves that you need to make to see this come to pass in your life this year. Amen. Guys, we're in the last hours of time. The church is arising in Jesus' name. The church is rising up in Jesus' name. Not a church of compromise, not a church of weak people, but a church that are full, that is full of faith, that is full of power, that is full of the anointing of the Holy Ghost, that has been tried by fire, and that is without compromise. Holy, set apart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let it be received. Let it be received. A work doesn't work unless you receive it. Let me say that again. A word doesn't work unless you receive it. Do you receive it? I want you to stand to your feet and I want you to lift your hands and begin to claim this. Claim this. We will inherit the kingdom. We will inherit the earth. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The Lord said, just ask, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. Father, we're asking for the nations in Jesus' name. We're claiming Huntington, Texas right now in the name of Jesus. I want you to begin to claim your family right now in Jesus' name. In 2021, the devil can't have your family. He can't have your children. He can't have your spouse. He can't have your, your mother, your father. That he takes his hand off of your family today. This year you shall see your family come into the kingdom, be brought into the kingdom in the name of Jesus. We shall see this city saved. We claim this city. We claim Angelina County for the kingdom. The Lord gave the Israelites a word that they were, he had given them the promised land. But you know that that promised land did not come uncontested. There were still Philistine nations and Philistine armies and Canaanites and all these uh, people that were not in covenant with God that they had to kick out of the land. 
Father, anoint us with your Holy Spirit this morning and with your power, not to just sit back and wait, but to possess the land, to occupy the land, to claim this territory for the kingdom in our lives, in our families, in this community, in the name of Jesus, and to drive these wicked devil spirits out of this community in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We curse the spirit of religion right now in Jesus' name that has trapped so many people in bondage, that is built on man-made tradition. Lord, I'm believing for revival. I'm believing for revival. We're going to keep bringing in prophets and evangelists and men and women and pastors and teachers. Thank you for appointing all of these to this house until we see this revival take place. We're going to keep hitting and keep striking and keep striking and we declare that this stronghold will come down in Jesus name and we declare by faith that it's already under our feet it's already under our feet I love what a mentor of mine says he says the devil is not over your head the devil is not eye to eye with you the devil is under your feet you need to remind him sometimes you need to stop fighting the devil and you need to start putting him in his place. Let the men be men in this house, Lord. Let the men be men in this house. Not ran by the devil, not ran by the spirit of this world. Stand up, courageous, bold. They'll lead their families. They'll put the devil in his place. Be broken off right now in Jesus' name. I need you to claim this. Be broken off. Your situation, I'm telling you, turns around right now if you'll receive it your situation turns around right now if you will receive it the destruction that's come to your house is broken off right now if you'll receive it by faith the death, the sickness, the decay that has come into your family line that seems like it's just passed down from generation to generation and now it's come to you and you've just kind of compromised with what the world says that you've just inherited this. No, you've been born again. You're not of the old bloodline. You're of the new bloodline. You have the blood of Jesus running through your veins. You're seated in a new kingdom that it stops with you. Can you say that it stops with me? Every person that believes in generational curses, it, it stops with you. You're not cursed. You're blessed in Jesus' name. I want you to understand this. The devil can't curse you. The Bible says there was a man that came to the prophet Balaam, and they said, curse Israel. He wasn't even a prophet of the Lord necessarily. He was a prophet of the nations. He had his flaws, but he did say one thing that was absolutely true. He went away and got with the Lord, and he came back and told that king, I cannot curse what God has not cursed, and I cannot bless what God has not blessed. You are not cursed. You're blessed in Jesus' name. You have the blessing of the Lord in Jesus' name. You believe that this year? Hallelujah. Thank you for faith in this house. 
Father, thank you for explosion in this house. Father, thank you that every single row is going to be filled, not just with butts and seats, so much more than that, but will be filled with our family members, will be filled with the people that you have placed in our lives and our sphere of influence. We will not sleep. We will not stop until we see the enemy's kingdom destroyed. We will not sleep. We will not stop until we find this treasure, until we possess the land. We will not stop just like Jacob wouldn't uh, let go of the angel until he received the blessing. Lord, we will not stop. Let that fire be imparted now in this house. Let it be imparted now in this house. Uncompromised believers that know the word of the Lord and will stand on it without compromise in Jesus' name. And when the devil comes to their house, they don't just give in and get in unbelief and get in fear and get in doubt, they will stand on this word and they shall be established in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you so much for tuning in with me as I shared the word of God. If you would like to become more than just a casual listener and want to give to our ministry, you can do so in the following ways. For credit or debit, Go to www.nbchuntington.org slash donate. For PayPal, you can send it to NBC Huntington. For Cash App, use dollar sign capital NBCHTX20. Thank you so much. I pray God blesses you abundantly. Until next time, this is John Wallace.